if you can back another woman in their dream, especially when they're doing it the first time around, there is absolutely no reason on earth why you can't then go and back your own dream. And you've basically, by default, given yourself permission to back your own dream. So know that fully if you're going to back someone else, especially in that brand new dream. And it's our first followers that end up creating us forever. Welcome to the Inspire to Thrive podcast. I'm your host, Phoebe Lay, and in each episode, I will be sharing with you insights from either an inspiring person or myself to help you thrive and shine online and in person. We talk about all things marketing, relationships, money, business, growth, mindset, and more. So thanks for tuning in, and I look forward to seeing you inspired to thrive. Welcome to the Inspired to Thrive podcast. I'm so looking forward to this episode because I have a very special guest who has actually been on the show before. My guest today is Michelle Gardner, and she came on the Conscious Business Podcast back in 2022 around the same time as now on International Women's Day. And I'm so looking forward to this conversation that we have to share today because not only does Michelle drop some amazing insights for women and for men who are looking to publish themselves as an author or to share their story, but she also helps people to understand that no matter how much you have achieved, we are still human at the end of the day and we still encounter every now and then rare emotions that come up that may hinder our progress in showing up online. And that's what this episode is all about, talking about how we can authentically shine online and how we can share a message with the world that creates an impact. So if you tune in right through to the end, Michelle drops some golden nuggets that I really highly encourage you to tune into because these tips that have been shared by someone that has truly experienced what it's like to be on the other side, to have experienced an idea and taken it right through to the end and launched not only her own book, but she's helping hundreds of other women share their story by becoming published authors themselves. Michelle, welcome to the show. It's so great to have you back here and this time in the studio. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh my goodness. I cannot believe it has already been almost exactly a year since we last spoke because when we had you on the show, it was International Women's Day and we were recording for International Women's Day 2022. It's now nearly International Women's Day 2023. March is coming up. Time is flying. And when we last spoke, you had just launched or you had just birthed the idea of 55 Faces. And now we are at the stage where you are talking about book two. So Michelle, tell us in the last 12 months or more, what's been going on in your life and what has changed since we last spoke? Yeah, gosh, it's been a wild 12 months. There actually always was two books at once. So... The second book is coming out in probably a month. So when I talk about like the next round, it'll be actually book three and four. Because Amazing. Yeah, because there was always a global book, but there was also a local book. So the women who were contributing to the global book were supporting the local book. So the first 55 faces of the story is of 55 women who from all different areas of the world 
and each sharing their story and how they're using their story to impact change. By nature of the project, they are using their story to contribute to change. And the second book that the Global Women support is the stories of uh, Balinese and Indonesian women. So it's a local project and it tells, a, even though it's the same structure of the book, it tells a very different story because it is about when you have a collective of women from the same place, you hear more of a common thread and differences around with a particular cultural lens. Amazing. Mm. So... What have you discovered in the process of writing, you know, like of being, becoming not only book publisher, but arranging events, bringing together a community, doing all of that overseas and also starting your life in Bali? It's, you know, this whole mass transition. How have you found that, you know, like process and what was it a challenge and what were some of the hardest things that you had to go through to get all of that to happen? Yeah, gosh, do we have all day? <laughs> yeah, so gosh, where would I start? Was it a challenge? Yes, it's been an enormous challenge. Um, it wasn't my plan to move overseas. It was my plan to take off and complete out my Melbourne life and to take off and rediscover where life would next exist and I thought that I would be traveling for about six months. And long story short, I got to Bali and COVID happened. So yeah, I chose to stay and I ended up deciding to set up a life. Well, it wasn't even set up a life. I chose to ride out whatever this thing that was going on in the world was, but nobody knew how long we'd be riding it out. So at some point I made a conscious decision that either I set up a life or I find a way to come home to Australia because it was like, what's the point otherwise? Yeah, gosh. And how that fed into 55, I guess through that process, there was, as was always going to happen, a process of what is it that I actually want to create in the world? How do I want that to happen and unfold and manifest itself? And yeah, I kind of drew on all of the bits and pieces of work that I'd done in the past and ended up forming into 55 as one part, but also a rebrand and a rebuild of Aspire, the Aspire series as well. Um, which sits now quite neatly inside. Oh, no, 55 sits inside Aspire, but 55 is what most people at this point recognize and see and understand because it's ironically become the face, I suppose. Amazing. So would you say that, you know, when you had the idea and that came to you, like mm. were you always like, yep, we're going to get 55 faces, it's going to be easy, or were you ever at any point like, are we going to fill those spots? Because, you know, there are so many cool series out there. People sometimes even struggle to have like five or 10 people on, in a book, but you've managed to gather 55 faces <laughs> and book two and now book three and four. That is huge. How did you, I mean, you must have some great convincing skills, but how did you sell the idea or get people to buy into that, you know, you ha obviously had a truth, you had a vision and you followed it and that's how it's come to life. But how did you get others to also see that vision and to, you know, feel that desire and that commitment to join as well? These are such great questions. My gosh, gosh, you're making me think now. You know, something in me wants to say something really spiritual lingo-y type thing around like you know whether it's manifestation or whether it's around energy or whatever it is but I think there are a few different ways that 
women were interested in what I was doing and for different reasons. There were women who were really interested in it in terms of a positioning piece, in terms of their own work and stepping out into a new identity in some way. And there were women who uh, had a really strong story to tell and they hadn't had the opportunity to tell it before um, or not in this way and in this limelight. So they were really drawn to it because like, there was this burning desire to express it into the world. And then there were women who just absolutely loved the social impact piece and they purely decided to be a part of it because it was supporting a local community as well. And by a byproduct, they got to share their story as well. So there are various ways that people are kind of interested. And I don't know, I learned a lot because I I hadn't done like lots of sales calls or whatever it is beforehand. I'd kind of, I literally had one woman interested and I put a post on Facebook saying I was going to publish 111 women's stories. And I was like, this is mad, but they've got to come from somewhere. So I was just like, okay, world, send them along. <laughs> and, you know, bit by bit they arrived. And, you know, I, there'd be times where I'd be putting heaps of work into finding women or having women come to me. And there were other times where I was like, you know what? I don't know what to do next. I'm just going to sit back and, I don't know, go for a swim or something. And at some point, the flow would start again. So it took probably, I ended up putting the first draft of the book in in August. So, and I posted in the middle of January for the first time. So both books were complete and in with the publishers, I think it was like the 4th of August or something. So that's what, six months, seven months. So that's not too bad for to gather 111, actually end up being 115 by the time you add in the four words and me and all of that kind of stuff, to gather 115 women to all share and have all of their drafts in to share their stories. So gosh, it was like there are so many different stories and bits and pieces I could tell. And this has been part of the launch process as well. It's like I, there are so many things that I want to share about each woman and just the connections that you form and all of that kind of thing as well. But I mean, in terms of you know, was there some particular way that I did it or anything like that? I don't think so. I think, I don't know if it's always the case, but it was largely the first time round, winging it in lots of ways and kind of just learning as I did it and figuring out what works, what doesn't work, you know, who feel like the right people to be a part of it? Who do I want to um, help share their stories and all that kind of thing? And yeah, you know, the right people say yes. Like it's it's not there's I don't think there's any huge or it didn't feel like there was any huge thing behind that. It was just, you know, they were just drawn to what I wanted to do and how I wanted to do it and they wanted to be a part of it. Mm, amazing. Yeah. That's so, so cool, Michelle. Mm. And I think that, you know, that now brings me to talk about International Women's Day and the fact that it's a day where we celebrate the achievements and the strength of women and the way women have over the years really stepped up into, you know, their strength and their own identity. And so I'd love to know, I know this would be a really hard question to ask you, but what's the standout story or maybe the first thing that pops into your mind out of all this, all the amazing stories that you've been able to be a part of and hear and listen to? What's something that has stood out for you or something that really makes you go, wow, like gives you shivers and makes you go, I'm so glad we're doing this. Mm, my gosh, so many. What story wants to be told? 
You know, most of the women are first-time authors. Like some have been published before, but a lot of them are first-time authors. And something that I've really been appreciating in the last uh, week or so since we published or since we became published is that there's a real identity piece and a real stepping into that comes with it. I've been saying that it's about a book, but it's not actually about a book at all. So much of it is about the community and the bringing women together and the opportunities that I've been able to provide because they've come together. Just as much as there is, as I said, that kind of stepping into, like once you take a step up, you can't then step back down. Like that, that's always inside you. And what that's been able to enable for a lot of women and, yeah, just, I don't know, it's just been incredibly beautiful and the feedback that I've had has really supported that as well. The standout story, I have no idea why, but there's a woman in the US who is just keeps popping up in my mind. And I know this has been huge for her, uh, a woman who is kind of, she's an energy healer and she's quite often kind of kept to herself. And a big thing for her at the moment has been like expressing herself and putting herself out in the public limelight a lot more. So for her, it's been really big in terms of, and also speaking about some content that she, some early abuse and how that's led into what she does now. It's been really powerful for her in terms of not only sharing that story, and when we share a story, it's like we shed it. We give the opportunity for it to be released, and it then opens a space for a new story. And for her being able to step into her work on a whole new level because she has taken that opportunity to step into it and actually claim it. And I think there's something really brave as well in claiming something in print. And like the third question, basically each woman answers three questions, which is this is who I am in the world. This is the story I want next written for women. And this is the story I'm next writing for myself. Mm. And it's almost like you go through a bit of a journey with each question and you end up at this point where it's like, okay, because of the life that I've lived and how I view myself, as a result of that and what I want to see for the broader collective, this is what I'm now putting in print about what I'm stepping into. And to put it in print, like that's brave and it's bold and put your face and your age and your name and where you're from. There's no going back from that. So, and I also encouraged each woman to stretch themselves a little bit as well. Like some of them, they kind of came through and they're like, oh, you know, I want to, I want to say that I want to do this and be like, okay, what's the next step to that? Because by the time this publishes, you'll be ready to step into that. So it's still got to be forward focused in the end. That's the end result of it. Wow. It sounds like you've coached people through a life-changing journey as well because, yeah, definitely your first book is so memorable. It feels so challenging before you do it. And then when it actually happens, you're like, oh, wow, that that wasn't that hard. And I've actually achieved so much more since then that I'd love to also share. And then that's how people start writing their second and their third and their fourth book. And I love that what you have done is so unique in that it's not just another business novel. It's like it's a coffee table book. So it's got the visuals. So for people like, I don't know about you, but for people like me, I'm very visual. I love to be able to picture what someone, you know, looks like and because I start forming a picture as I read. And so I love that you have created something that is there that's going to be easily and casually just picked up from a coffee table and people can start sharing stories from their homes, from offices, from waiting rooms. So that's very, very exciting. I'd love to shift gears a little bit and just kind of go back to, you know, we were talking about 
you transitioning. And I know that personally from knowing you, you're also going through another shift and transition. And for those that are considering taking their business remote, you know, with, with so many people now being able to do that, how did you find the process of moving? It was sorry, you didn't just move into state, you moved overseas. And some people really struggle with that. There's a lot of change. How did you do that? And what are your like top tips that you'd recommend for anyone that wants to either take their business remote or move abroad or even just move into state? Mm, yeah. As I said, my my plan was to take off and I I wasn't self-employed before I left. I had always been employed. I would say that I've been developing a skill set for a long time that was essentially coaching social work, whole an amalgamation of a whole bunch of different things, therapy, social impact work. So part of my question in my initial stages of leaving was around how do I replicate this and turn it into something that is a business model and is something that I absolutely love and who who do I work with and all of those kind of things as well. I had launched Spire just before I left, but it was very much women's circles and yoga classes and stuff. And through that, I learned that that wasn't actually what I wanted to do. I was like, there's a whole nother evolution of Aspire. And alongside that, there was a whole identity piece as well and a whole growing into. Mm. So through COVID part of, I did some work for a charity that I was still connected to in Australia, but I gave myself space to grow into myself. So that is, that's really important. That's been a really important part of my journey. Um, I didn't push myself to do anything that I wasn't ready to do. And there was a fair bit of pressure, even from at home, like I had friends and family say, you know, like in Melbourne, like with everything that's going on, why aren't you coaching? Like you need to be coaching people because look at what's going on in Melbourne. They need you. And you're just floating around in Bali. And I was like, well, really, I'm not. I'm, you know, trying to get myself ready. Like I wasn't ready. And I think that's that's been a big piece of it. And then also learning about business and all those things along the way as well. So I guess part of my advice is, well, I, I guess it, it depends if the person is a brand new business owner, if they're already established. And also, you know, the timing of starting life again during a pandemic, it's like, who are my people? Where are my people? Where do you even find your people when it's a pandemic? So it was incredibly difficult in on all levels. And then figuring out if Bali even was the place where I was meant to be. Like it was my starting spot, but it wasn't like my my ending spot was meant to find itself along the way, but it decided that it was my ending spot So at that time. So, oh gosh, what advice would I even give? Apart from giving yourself the space and time you need to step in and to find your people and to really do something that feels aligned, I don't know, maybe that's it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think that that's, that's pivotal, like finding the people to surround you and support you while you're there is almost the key to being settled into a new place. And, you know, I know I remember last year while you were in Bali, I was also considering and transitioning towards moving to Sydney and I spent a lot of time in Sydney and spent almost half of the year in Sydney, almost, not quite, but there was a lot of um, solid time there. And I remember thinking the one thing that I missed the most that I didn't have in Sydney was that support base. Mm -hmm. 
as much as I had clients and even family and some friends here and there in Sydney, it was also spread out that it was challenging to really feel like you really had a community. Whereas the great thing about doing business in Melbourne is there is that established community already and we have a number of networking events, a number of places where people can come together and collide. And so I think that is very, very important. So I think what you've answered there is really, yeah, I do think it's the key ingredient for sure. Yeah. So Michelle, I'd love to hear about your year to come. We've still got like nine months left of the year. It's not like it's slipping away. We've still got nine or 10 months you know, to go. And I'd love to hear like, where is Aspire Series heading? So many different places. So I'm up, I'm on route back to Bali. I plan to be back there around early in March. And my plan then is to bunker down for a little while there. I've got a summit that I'm planning for women that are leading change and impact in Bali. Oh, no, uh, from across the world. And I've got women coming in from, I think, four places at this point. So I'm really excited to get that up and moving. That's in uh, the, the end of June. And I have the next two books to work on. So I've started recruiting women for the global book. Uh, the impact book I'm keeping under wraps for the time being. I want to announce where that will be and who, which women will be impacting probably around the end of June or around the time of the summit. And yeah, beyond that, I'm starting my, my signature program, which was where Aspire started or Aspire was heading um, early on in the next week or two as well. So with a small cohort of women who will be presenting at the summit as well. And obviously get the global book out there and get the Bali book out there in the next coming weeks as well. And beyond that, my word for the year is established. So that's my that's my plan, making all things sustainable, established and up and kicking and thriving. So, yeah. That's so exciting. And yeah. I love that, you know, you've got the global book mm. and, you know, you've also got something else under the sleeve. Could you just bring us back to what each of the books are and just tell us like a, a brief overview of the different books? Yeah. So basically 55 Faces is the stories of women from around the world who are impacting change. So everything about Aspire is about women leading and impacting change. And the global book is basically, as I said, it attends to those three questions and women have their face and they have where they're from, where they, who they are, how they live their life and what it is that they would like to see changed and how they're going to impact it themselves. And together it brings together, it brings a collective of women and which has then organically formed a community. And that's one of my strongest values is around community and bringing people together. And that's what I love doing. And women through that have found a sense of connection, the opportunity to express and to share who they are and their stories and their lives. And then also those are key determinants to leadership. And I think there's a, um, there's something in this, in a stepping out as well and creating a greater sense of possibility for women as well that has come about and been really evident for each woman too. So that's a focus in the lens of the global book and obviously, you know, what it is to be a woman in the world as well and looking at that through each woman's lens as well. 
And then the impact book is exactly the same. However, it is targeted at Indonesia and Balinese women. So, yeah, it ends up telling a different story because it's a very different cohort of women. The focus is less around, well, actually, I would say they're both still quite diverse because there is a huge amount of diversity within one country or one part of a country, but also it's around, you know, what does it mean to be a Balinese or an Indonesian woman a little bit more specifically. Wow, that's so cool and very looking forward to getting my hands on that. So, Michelle, to end the podcast, we have four rapid-fire questions that I would love to run through with you. These questions are designed to be whatever comes up at the top of mind, so don't feel like you have to you know, have the right answer. You might even come back, you know, walk away and go, oh, dang, I had a, another answer for that, but whatever comes up. So let's get deep and dive into it. So, Michelle, if you had... One thing that you couldn't live a single day without, whether it's something physical or non-physical, or it could be a practice or an item, what would it be? First thing that's coming to me is music. Mm. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. I, I don't think I could live a single day without like some kind of tune and something that will just, yeah, end the day or soothe the soul. Yeah. Love that. What or who inspired you to do what you do today? There are so many different layers to that. At the launch, I'll start with the launch. At the launch, um, I was mentioning five, five people because I felt that it was important that, and something that I've learned a lot about in, while in Bali as well, around our own ancestry and around land and place and how we come to be who we are. If this is a starting point for any of us of what comes next, there's a lot to be said for what came beforehand. So the people that I acknowledged at that time were my father, first and foremost, partly because he created quite an independent daughter who then kind of pushed the boundaries a little bit far by staying in Bali during the pandemic. But also a lot of what has flourished has come with some support from him as well. So it's just been really, it's been an amazing healing journey to go on with him in that respect. And secondly, my, I acknowledge my grandmother my maternal grandmother, who was like a fiercely loving woman, also a bit quirky and random, this tiny little lady, and in some respects very uh, very pleasant, but on other in other respects very inappropriate as well. Like she'd somehow managed these two sides of herself in a really kind of funny and quirky way. And she was my biggest teacher in love. And I know that each of the women that I attract come very strongly with a lens of love in the way that they see the world and in everything that they do. So I acknowledged her for that. My aunt, who um, has done a lot to support my mother, who has quite significant mental health issues. So I acknowledge both of those. So my aunt, because in what she has given my mum, has given me space to create. If it wasn't for her, then I would probably be predominantly caring for my mother. So there's a huge amount of respect and honour in the courage that she has taken to take on that role. And then my mother, because often as women, when we question what it means to be a woman, there's some roots coming back in, into our own relationship with our own mothers. And I feel that also uh, most of the women in the books will uh, feel that and acknowledge that in some way as well. And then the last person was my friend Tina, who I don't know if you knew Tina. She uh, died of cancer last year and I know that she would have been the first woman to say yes to being in the book. And on the other side of that, she's a permanent reminder that 
Like this whole thing can be over in any moment and far too often, far earlier than it should be as well. And, you know, we're here creating our legacy today, like in this moment, not at some point in the future. And, yeah, we've just got to live fully. And if there's something we've got to, we want to do or create, then we've just got to get out there and do it and yeah, take those opportunities and step into those uncomfortable spaces of possibility that present themselves along our path. Wow. Mm. That's a really great array of different people that inspire you to do what you do and a really beautiful mix as well. I love what you shared about your grandma. Yeah. She sounds gorgeous. She's very cute. She, she was very cute. Yeah, and I guess that's only from that side as well. Like there are so many other people. Like each of the women inspire me. Like there were different points where it was, as you can imagine, quite difficult and quite crunchy. And I was like, okay, well, you know, each of these women has said yes. So there is actually no option but to find the next way through or to to navigate it in some way. So basically it's like, a, you know, I actually thanked them when I launched for stepping me into that leadership because it's not until we say yes or other people say yes to us that we are then kind of, I don't want to say pushed, but we, you know, a door opens for us as well. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, definitely. And I think um, when you're a leader, like everything starts to surface up as well and you start to see, you know, like you're looking in the mirror so you've got to grow quite quickly as well in order to lead. Yeah. So that's a that's a fantastic thing what you've done and I not for, not just for others but also for yourself. I really commend you for that. So my third rapid fire question is where do you see yourself in 5 years time? What do you think or want to have accomplished? I'm just doing the maths now. <laughs> I would love to have we were talking about this just before we jumped on. I would love to have a solid base but also still be moving around from that sort of base. I'm a bit of a gypsy as well. So I want the best of both worlds in that respect. I would love to have a family of my own and I would love and close-knit community as well. That's something that I care about and also my global community of women all over the world who are doing cool things. And I will say that about 55, it's been the best way to get 55 new friends who are all aligned with the way that you see the world. So I'm really excited to see that multiply and multiply. And as I said, like have a spire at the point where it, I've built it in a way where it's my intention that I can replicate what I've created. So I always imagined that the first year or two would be the most um, confronting, I suppose, if we're talking about stepping into leadership. And from there that I would be able to go, okay, now I get to focus on improving upon and just and being recognized for this being what I do so yeah I think I would be at a point where all of that is just sitting quite nicely that's yeah. that's the that's the idea isn't it <laughs> absolutely and imagine the impact as well that you would have created from you know all the number of people that have read these stories and what and the ripple effect that happens and where they go after writing this book as well. I think that's that's a huge thing. It's it's really just the start for a lot of people. You know, I think it's people starting to recognize their strength and their story and starting to recognize that no matter how big or small you think your story is, it has a profound impact on others in some sort of way and it's quite significant. Mm, hugely, hugely. And every story, like 
part of the journey of creating 55 was that there were quite a few women who said, you know, does my story count? Does my story matter? Or is it deserving to go on this? And it's like, of course it is. Like, it, like essentially we're vessels filled with stories. So it's really a matter of actually drawing out the strongest story from that woman and knowing that that's what she is partly letting go of but partly stepping into. But in doing that, she's written the story for the next woman behind her to step into as well. Yes, Mm. yes, yes, yes. Absolutely agree. Couldn't agree more. Totally resonate with that. I think that, you know, a lot of people write stories and they go, well, hasn't that title kind of already been used? Hasn't that story kind of already been told? But it's like a build-up. It's almost like a sequel, but of different people. I, I really think that sometimes other stories are written and there's a continuation almost in a separate book. So, you know, there's something unique about every single individual and what they have to share. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, my final rapid fire question is if there was one big takeaway that you've had recently, what would it be the one thing that has changed the way you see the world? One thing that's happened recently is these books have actually been published and also hosting the event in Melbourne as well. I I literally arrived on the plane from Sydney and just the plane touched down and like this sense of surrealism, is that a word? Surrealism, not just like this is actually happening. This is actually a thing. (laughs) So it's kind of taken me until now a week and a half to actually just relish in what's actually happened. And I had people kind of reaching out and saying, oh, you know, how do you feel about blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, actually, I've got so many things on my to-do list. Like it sometimes takes a bit of space and just stepping away from the whole thing entirely for that to kind of sink in and then to go, okay, so now what becomes possible and what becomes available because of that and knowing that wherever I step, I then create the space for every woman that is about to step as well. So that's been really big just in kind of articulating and letting the little um, neurotransmitters reconfigure themselves in my own brain to go, okay, this is where we're now at. We're now actually publish what comes next and what opens up and all of those things. Yeah, wow. That is so significant. Michelle, thank you so much for jumping on the show, coming into the studio, recording this live with us today. Um, it's been such a pleasure speaking to you again, and I'm so glad to have you in person. It's been so great catching up and really hearing about your journey and really seeing things come into fruition and come to life. For those that haven't heard the previous episode, you can find it in our podcast um, in the previous International Women's Day. So just scroll down to the International Women's Day 2022 episode and hear about where it all kind of began. Michelle, if you could leave us with one message before we close the show, what would it be? What I've recently been saying to the women involved is that if you can back another woman in their dream, especially when they're doing it the first time around, there is absolutely no reason on earth why you can't then go and back your own dream. And you've basically, by default, given yourself permission to back your own dream. So, yeah, for anyone listening that that resonates with, know that fully if you're going to back someone else, especially in that brand new dream. And it's our first followers that end up creating us forever forever like they're the people that we end up the most well we should be the most grateful to for forever for enabling us to get started and for creating us and also in 
don't want to say retrospect, but in the flip side as well, reminding them constantly that if you're backing me, then this means that you too have the same possibility and the same opportunities available to you as well. And how do I support you to then do that? Wow. Yeah, I love that. I think I really truly believe that, you know, in, in on a business level in all senses, like if you're there backing someone else's business and you're supporting someone else, you should really be backing yourself like 10 times that and, you know, doing the same. And I, I think there's a lesson to be learned for everyone here. And especially for me, I, I think that message is definitely something that we've got to constantly remind ourselves. So Michelle, thank you again. It has been such a pleasure. For those that are listening, if you would like to learn more, you know, you can follow Michelle on Facebook, on Instagram. Michelle, would you be able to let us know as well where, you know, how people can get in touch with you regarding 55 Faces and what the best way is to contact you? Yes. So either on Facebook or Insta or LinkedIn, Michelle Gardiner, or via the Aspire series. So www.theaspireseries.com. Yeah, com, And email as well works as well, which is hello at theaspireseries.com. Amazing. Thank you so much, Michelle. It's been great to have you on. Thanks. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And to next time, continue to stay inspired to thrive.